0: Well, today I want to talk with you about your dollars and cents, not C-E-N-T-S, but dollars and having some cents, how you really handle and use your money so that you can have more breathing room in your finances. Because the bottom line is this, as we begin, life is just better when there's breathing room in your finances. Now, would you all agree that life is not so good? When there's no breathing room in your finances, it's just not so good when there's not enough to pay all of the invoices, to pay all of the the, the bills. The truth is this, whether it's, it's having breathing room in your schedule or in your bank account, life is better when you have some breathing room. Now, we've all got limits. As I said last week, if you keep your life and your engine revved to its top limit all the time, continually cramming in more to your schedule, there will come a time when your engine develops engine trouble and you will break down. And it's the same with our finances. If you're continually cramming in more things to pay out, but what's coming in stays the same, there will come a time when you find yourself and your finances breaking down, in trouble, going bankrupt. Now, I think it's easier for us to understand how to deal with our time issues because lots of us have gotten to a point in our schedules where we had to cut some things out to regain balance, to regain our our sanity in our lives. But I think it's harder to understand how to deal with, with our money issues because we can't borrow time. So when we run out of time, we know that something has to go. Something has to be cut, but we can borrow money. When you run out of time, you have to deal with it. You have to adjust or crash or burn or die. But when you run out of money, there's always ways to borrow some cash, to push away the current crisis instead of really dealing with what caused the crisis, like our wants, And no breathing room in our finances. So I want to begin this message with a statement that our culture has not bought into. But desperately needs to buy into. Here's the statement. The quality of your life is not determined by the standard of your living. I'm going to say that again. The quality of your life is not determined by the standard of your living. You see, our culture has bought into this kind of thinking. If I can just raise my standard of living, if I can just drive something better, if I can just dress better, if I can just vacation better, if I can just eat out at restaurants better, then the quality of my life will be better. But that's just not true. In fact, as I travel to different countries and and I stay in the homes of people who have far, far less, typically they are far happier than we are, far happier. And the depth of their relationship with God, the depth of their relationship with their children, the quality of their relationship with their spouse and with their friends is far better than most of us in America. They are smiling, they are joking, they are generally happy. And you know what I found out? After church, when we go to church in other countries, after church, they don't argue about where to go out to eat. They're just glad they can eat. They're happy with a banana leaf with some hot rice thrown on top. They're just glad that they have something to eat. They don't argue about money. They're just glad to, to have some to get the necessities of life. You see, they know that stuff is not the stuff that makes you happy. They know that. So listen, again, the quality of your life is not determined by the standard of your living. Now, God has promised you an abundant life. He's promised you a quality life regardless of your standard of living. But some of you think that you would rather have a higher standard of living than real quality of life. The question is this. If you are married, if you're here this morning and you're married, what would you rather have? An awesome, fulfilling, intimate marriage or a horrible marriage with a Rolls Royce in the driveway of a multi-million dollar home, and the minute you stepped inside that home, a butler served you a drink and turned on the spa. Come on now. (laughs) Some of you are thinking, well, maybe. (laughs) Listen, to create breathing room in your finances, you may have to lower your standard of living But you will raise your quality of life. You really will. When the stress caused by financial pressure is relieved, you will find that you have raised the quality of your life. Here's three things that are true about most of us. First, after tithing and taxes, you live on a percentage of your income. But you don't know what that percentage is. And you don't track it to make sure that you're not exceeding that percentage. Second thing, if you just had a little bit more money, you'd really be okay. Third thing I know, you felt the same way when you made a whole lot less. But then you started making more, and you still feel like you need just a little bit more. And that's because you've not created enough breathing room in your finances. And you'll continue to want more. You'll continue to feel that financial pressure until you make some big changes in how you handle your finances. Until you begin to handle the dollars that you have with more sense, Not C-E-N-T-S. More sense. Take a look at these charts. Here's chart number one. Here's a, a chart of your, the money and here's a chart of, of your time. Now take a look at this next chart. Hopefully your money or your income will continue to just kind of rise and increase as you go through your lifetime. That's all of our hope. Then here's another chart. And hopefully if you go home and start doing some of the things we're going to talk about today, you will have more breathing room between your spending and your income. There will be some space there. And with that breathing room, man, maybe you could take a vacation debt-free, Maybe you could put more into a savings account for a rainy day crisis. Maybe you could fund yourself to go on a serve team to Mexico, Philippines, or wherever. Maybe you could help somebody in your church family that's really in need. When you have that kind of breathing room, you can do some of those things. And you get along when the stress is gone, you get along with your family better. You sleep better. You pray better. You can worship better. You can be more generous. And all of that makes you feel better. Folks, life is far better when there's breathing room. Because your tendency in mine is to, is to spend every cent we make instead of creating some breathing room. But when we spend every cent we make, the stress that comes diminishes our focus. We focus on money instead of people. We focus on money instead of of ministry. But no matter how much we make, we tend to spend every cent of it. Take a look at this chart. And your life begins to look like this. You see, it doesn't matter if you make $55,000 a year or $75,000 a year or $150,000 a year or $250,000 a year. It doesn't matter how much you make. We tend to spend it all Just right up to the max, whatever we make. We tend to to spend it all. And then this next chart, if you're not careful, your life begins to look like this. No matter how much you make, whatever it is, you spend more than you make. In fact, you might be thinking right now, man, if I could only, if I only made $55,000 or $75,000 or $100,000 a year, man, that would be cool. But I only make 55. But man, if I made $250,000, you know what I'd do? I'd be, I'd be thrown in the corner. Man, I'd just be the most generous person in the world. I'd just be throwing my money away. But you know what? Most people who make 250 or more a year like you, they've spent it all. Just like you making 55,000, they, they've spent their whole 250. And they feel financial pressure just like you. Because maybe just like you, they've not created breathing room in their finances. And so the, the more they made, the more they spent. And th- their spending went right up to the limit of their income. And then sometimes through borrowing went beyond. And then when a job is lost, income is cut. They can't pay their mortgage. and They, they can't pay their car loan or their credit card. And folks, that's when the suffering begins. Relationship suffers. Stress goes off the charts. Your focus narrows to surviving and not losing the stuff you have. Folks, when there's no breathing room and a financial crisis hits your life, you're a slave to those you owe. Those you owe become your masters. And suddenly, you can no longer buy that. You can no longer drive that. You can no longer live there. You can no longer send your kids to college there. The family can no longer vacation there. Suddenly, other people, the ones you owe, are running your life. Now, if you're a Christian, this becomes a really, really big deal. Because the Bible tells us there's to be only one Lord and Master of your life. Amen? And that's Jesus. That's Jesus. And in the Bible, in Luke chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus shares a story that's about a, a money manager who's about to get fired for mismanaging his master's money. Jesus ends that story by saying this, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, Or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So here's the big question today. Who is your master? Who's the master of your life? If you are a Christian, this is a really big deal. If money is your master because you've borrowed and spent your way into slavery to lenders and you can't do what Jesus wants you to do as a follower of His, because Visa is now your master and won't let you, then be honest. Who is your master? Who is your Lord? If most of your thoughts and time and efforts are going into figuring out how to deal with your money mess, Jesus really isn't your master. Money is. I mean, if you can't, love others, if you can't serve others, if you can't be compassionate to others, if you can't help carry the burdens of others in need, as Jesus calls us to do all of those things, because there's no breathing room in your finances, then you can't live in obedience to Jesus by doing the things that Jesus calls all of His followers to do. See, to follow Jesus, you even need breathing room in your finances. And man, is it quiet in here. But this is a big deal for Christians. Who's going to be your master? Is it Jesus or your money? So if money is currently your master, what do you do to change that? If you desire for Jesus to be your master, what do you do to make that happen? Here's five things you can go home and start doing immediately. And these things won't be a quick fix but they'll let Jesus become the Lord of your life, Lord of your dollars. Write this down. To create financial breathing room, first of all, decide to create that breathing room. Make a decision. Instead of just going on and dealing with things the way they are, make a decision. Decide you will create some space between income and spending. So go home and choose to create that breathing room in your finances. Second thing. Then set a breathing room goal. Set a percentage goal for the breathing space you want to have. Then start working towards that percentage. And you might say, I I want 20% between to play with, you know, 20% breathing room. All right, set that as your goal. You may not be able to start there. You may have to start at 3% or 5% or 10%, but keep on working till you get to that goal of 20% breathing space. Choose a percentage of breathing between your income and spending. Third thing, then, I love this one, spy on your money. Spy on your money. That means watch it. Watch your money for two months. Here's your homework. Watch your money for two months. That means track it for two months. Where is it going? Keep all your receipts, log all of your expenses for two months to see exactly where it's going. How much is going to lunches out? How much is going to dinners out? How much is going to gas? How much is going to Starbucks? Oh, man, I'm meddling now, amen? How much is going to that ice cream that I love so much? Coldstone. How much is, oh, man, I'm really meddling. Movies? How much is going, and where, where is it going? Spy on your money. I don't know where it's going. If I don't know where it's going, I'll never know how to fix it. And so you got to know where it's going if you want to fix your situation. And you'll never be able to be a better steward of the money that God has blessed you with unless you spy on your money. And as Christians who believe that all we have belongs to God and that He wants us to be good managers of what He blesses us with here on earth, we've got to know what we have and where it's going or we'll never be able to be good managers of it. So choose to watch where it's going. Next, then cut your spending. Look at the places where things just simply aren't necessary. Where's your money going that just aren't necessary and cut your spending in those places? Just start there. Then look at things that you really like, but things that could be reduced. Like, how fast of an internet connection do you really need at home? I mean, I know. You need to play those games. you got to do this. How fast do you really need at home? How much are you spending on that? How many TV channels do you really need? I know you want ESPN Sports and it's bundled, with. but how much? Can you click through all of those? How many do you, do you really need at home? Choose to cut some expenses that are just not essentials. Last, then develop a debt retirement plan. Look at all your debts, all the people you owe. Look at using the funds that you've been spending on non-essentials and put some of that money towards reducing your debt. Develop a debt retirement plan. Start with the debts with the highest interest. Get rid of those first. Choose to start retiring debt. The bottom line is this. When it comes to your dollars and cents, it just makes really good sense to create that breathing room. And as a follower of Jesus, this is something you need to do. Because the chief competitor for your heart is stuff. The chief competitor for your heart is not the devil, it's our stuff. And so you have to choose who your master is Jesus or the stuff that money can buy. Who's your master? I encourage you this morning to make Jesus your master in this part of your life. To not let money and stuff be your master any longer. Be a good steward of what God has blessed you with. Create breathing room in your finances so you can use more of them for God's purposes. And you'll find that the quality of your life will just get better and better and better. The stress will go down and down and down. And your life will get better. Use good sense when it comes to your dollars. And all of God's people said, amen.